Welcome to We're Listening to Podcast, a community where all voices are heard. I'm your host, Rob Cook. Join me for a lighthearted show about the human experience with live conversations, discussions, and interviews of some of the newest to the most established 3P practitioners from all over the world. So no matter if you've known the three principles for years or you're new to Daily Insights, we hope each episode will inspire you to demonstrate a community where all voices are heard. Welcome to today's episode. Welcome, 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 everyone. Um, as you can see from the thumbnail, this uh, this interview is, yes, um, my younger brother, the one you've heard me probably talk about on a few episodes that lost lost the son. Uh, I can't stop crying through the editing part of this. Uh, there's just some beautiful moments in here that I'm so happy to be able to share um, that he's starting to see. But I did want to tie up some loose ends because we kind of jumped around a little bit. This was his first time ever really talking about the uh, trauma as he experienced it. So so I wanted to clean up a few things. And that was one that um, he's in a very good space right now with his growing and his learning. And he's also free of any charges or any wrongdoing. Uh, we don't get to that part <laughs> in the episode, but I, I wanted to make sure you understood. But this is a conversation between my younger brother and I, and, and where he just expresses, you know, what he wants to do with his life now after waking up. Everybody, <laughs> this is going to be a different show for you. This one's um, every, every one of the episodes I've gotten the chance to do and sit down and talk to people has been amazing, but this one is special to me. Um, it's going to be our first person outside of the community coming in just because he's here with me. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, everybody, Welcome to the show. Someone I've known since they've been born because he's my younger brother. Chris Ink Gang Low Cook. Welcome to the show. How you doing? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, bud. Thank you, bud. What's up, man? How you doing? Uh, nothing, man. Just, uh, you know, came from working out, doing a little promo, you know, doing what I do. Doing what you do. But that's what we're going to get into, uh, doing what you do. Obviously, you at mom's house, so big shout out to mom. Hey, mama. Uh, I'm somewhere now. She's somewhere. Go well, man. Look how this show operates. So how I pretty much do it is, as we're just gonna have a conversation. You know, um, really, what I want to do and what you wanted to do also is just highlight what your life has been like going through one of the hardest times of your life, and then we kind of talk through what we've been learning together spiritually on this journey, on this, you know, waking up to life again. Before we even get into that, let's just start with man, an uh, introduction of yourself. You know what I mean? Like this is this is a a global podcast, so there's people from all different continents that's going to hear this. You know, so if if they only had this small little piece to wonder who you were, who would you say you were? I think I go with um, I'm everything, and everything is me, in a sense. Okay. All right. You're everything and everything is you. Tell me a little bit more. What you mean? Opportunities are endless. And um, going through this path, I see that it's possible um, with subtracting the negative thoughts, the doubts, and replacing them with um, positive, um, having faith or that you can do, knowing, actually doing it. It's a different beat. It's a different beat. It's a it's a different ball game from procrastinating class, you know. Yeah, well, it's a it's a different ball game altogether from even how we grew up. So we'll just go back to the beginning, or at least the beginning when when we came on scene together, so to speak. And I remember, man, 
um, waiting on you to be born, you know, mom being pregnant with you, trying to figure it all out, not knowing. Uh, but also kind of remember being scared because I knew the kind of environment we was in. And wow. so here you come out, you're like this, uh, the cutest kid ever, man. Like I still, I pictured you like, you were like the cutest kid ever. You just, you just lit up. You really love like life and people and things like that. You used to have a big smile. And, and I remember thinking for our environment, how dangerous that was and how that was going to, you know, people's going to take advantage of you. And I thought all this crazy stuff, man. And I spent years trying to, you know, get that smile off your face in a sense. And, and, and in my mind, I thought I was protecting you. But in a sense, I think I was hardening you up for some or, or, or making it way more difficult than it had to be. But what was it like growing up with me? Like, what was it? Ah, oh, oh, man. <laughs> I don't know. It was, it was actually a tough role. I, I, I can understand that because um, what you did made me do is stand on what I say. Um, oh, I had principles to go by with you as being a big brother. I'm like, you know, consequences for uh, messing your clothes up uh, you, know, <laughs> you know you're finding your clothes and stuff like that messing with things that's not mine wearing things that's not mine um doing the things that you tell me not to do you know and you catch me doing it you know it so at the sense when you was there more than dad it's kind of i don't know brotherly dad thing because you took it upon yourself to do what you feel that was fit for me because we always have to. i understand that now but as a little kid, I was a mama's boy. <laughs> you remember you threw my sword? You, I, you won't I, let me forget. I, I'm sorry. I got to tell you, and I got to tell the world, please. <laughs> the, what he's talking about is so full of life. What he mean is I knew no wrong. I was in this. We all should have been like this, right? So I am trying to be the best Ninja Turtle I can be. That's all. Just the best. I was just trying to be Donatello or, or Leonardo. And it was ticking him off. He had to take his brother with him. And the fifth yard, he threw it in the creek, y'all. I'll tell you. I never could understand that. So heartless. Uh, uh, I was like, man, I'm so tired of him playing with this doggone sword and thinking he a ninja turtle. He ain't listening. And so I snatched it and threw it in the creek. It wasn't the best moment of my life, but you know. It wasn't the best moment of mine either. Uh, now I got to play with my hands. <laughs> I mean, I'm doing it. It didn't stop. <laughs> it didn't stop it. You're right. You play with your hands. You know what else is, is funny, man, about um, our life that's just so interesting is as unique and as on different ends of the spectrum as they've been, they've actually still been similar in a way. Because um, that thing you're talking about, brother dadness, in a sense, shout out pops. Yeah. Um, you know, but... But I, I know what you mean. And I, I remember telling him part of the conflict or the rubbing, so to speak, was always that I thought I was your dad in a sense, because it was just us in the household. And the truth is, I wasn't. And so I was really out of place or out of line, which if I'd have just been your brother, you know, wonder what that would have did in a sense. And that, I think that's what got us kicking now in a sense is like, no, nah, that's my brother, man. Like, let me hear him. He's a grown ass man. You know, let me hear him. Let him talk, let him communicate. Um, and so I, I appreciate, you know, one, just the openness and the and the way we're starting to have these conversations now. You right. know, what does that feel like for you and your environment, though? 
I was cool. Um, you know, I really didn't look at it like that. Um, when you grow up into something like that, you're thinking it's um normal. Um yeah. until I understood your place when you went up and get your own best friends from me twice. And when I knew that, I always felt unconditional love. Always. Even when you was always. I always knew you got seen that. They, they, I can't undo that. You went up against them and y'all was cool. And RP to uh, D Cook. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but I never forget it. You know? So I knew what it was. Mama say things, but people that love you go say things that uh, you don't want to hear or you don't want to do. So I knew you did it out of love, but you got to understand, you weren't an adult either. When we two kids trying to figure it out, but you was the oldest, so you felt like yeah. you was the man of the house. You know what I'm saying? And I understand that now. Yeah, yeah. But you remained to do that after you graduated and left. I came to you for Christmas holidays. and yeah. So I always felt the love. So, you know. Well, that's what's up. Okay, cool. Because that's exactly what I was trying to exhibit in a sense was it wasn't I'm beating you up to say I don't love you. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm thinking I'm, I'm making you tougher so you won't get beat up by the wrong people in a sense. Right, right. Yeah. Now, it don't make no sense now, but it sure oh. as hell made sense then. <laughs> yeah, but look what you got. <laughs> what you got. It's what you got, <laughs> So, uh, yeah. be honest with you, Rob. If you didn't do that, you saved me. Because where you was going was uh, to another level of you didn't have to fight all the time. It was more options. It was yeah. more things to do. It was more stuff going on. Well, for me, I was left down here with the Sharks, like you thought I would be. And that's what I was. You know, you coming from somebody that didn't survive, getting his car shot up 48 times was five different calibers. So I needed to be tough, don't you think? <laughs> yeah. That's the kind of life we live down here in Birmingham, Alabama. And people heard in Birmingham, and, you know, they know how it is. And, you know, some people adapt, but this is the present. This is what it is. Um, do I, I want to be? No, no. This is all on defense. I want to be what I want to be. Motivational speaker, artist, entertainer, all of the above. Obstacles are here. So if you didn't, just say if you didn't do that, I want to survive. Mm. That's interesting. It's funny how we carry things in our head because hearing you say that now, there was years I carried this backpack of guilt on that upbringing of yours. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I go to about when I talk the doubts, the things. Because see, you got to understand what's in your skull right here. <laughs> <laughs> you say what's in your skull. Both of us, both of us, because we really don't 100% know how this thing works. But it's a lot of things that we put on ourselves, you know, that can hinder us. And that's what I mean about um, learning how to block out negative energy and, and, and put in what you want. And maybe, you know, you could put forth. I'm just not seeing that I'm in my 40s. Uh, no, no, I totally understand that, which is another component, again, that's similar about the tracks of our life, because I think it was about 39, 40 before. Um, no, I think I was older than that, actually. I think I was 41, 42 before I met Michael and he introduced me to what I call what we call the inside out understanding or the three principles, my spiritual awakening, you know, 
it, it was about same same time frame again was just like my jungle so to speak or my world of 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 negative energy or or gunfighting or bombs and things like that was military in a sense uh but again same feelings that you have and like this sucks like i don't want you know like of course i want if i could have it another way i would you know but it's a product of being a a soldier you know this is what you have to do this is what you have to face um so it's so i i love what you're saying about at this point in your life man where where, as it's been going how how things are starting to unravel um and and how they are and and one of the things that i really think about um is how we both carry guns right i don't carry as much but i remember thinking that because i was carrying a gun as a law enforcement agent and you was carrying a gun you know in the streets that's one was right and one was wrong and so i needed to talk to you about it a lot you know, I need to like, hey, man, that's not. And it's like, no, we both carrying guns like for protection. For protection. Exactly. Right. Right. Um, I remember thinking like, you know, man. The, his crew, his team, his, his colors, his flag, whatever, was just like my United States of America flag with my teammates who were right. military. Exactly. You know, the representation of what we were fighting for or or the family that was in it, you know. And I remember waking up, man, and seeing how it was still the same underneath that. You know, the the narratives, yeah, you might can paint us two different narratives, but the truth is, same mom, same dad, like, we pretty much have lived the same lives, just two totally different narratives. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. I think so. I mean, you. I use the term. I'm gonna use the term because this is what they classify your genre of music. But you're a gangster rapper, like you know what I'm saying. Like you're a trap artist. You you use your mouth as a living. You know, like I'm a speaker. I'm a coach. I I use my mouth as a living. Right. You're a product of your environment, right? So if you know what not to do and what will lead you to, now you start to retract your mind. Now you start to get more educated. You know, it took me a long time to go and research for myself. Just take everybody else's word for it. Uh, yeah. I used to tell me anything, right? So, <laughs> I used to tell me anything. So, people will tell you anything. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Just to yeah. get a kick and a reaction out of it. So, it makes you, now, what makes you go and take that extra step to go? You're not being lazy. Now, you got to think about what makes you lazy. Why are you lazy? And then now you get to the process of your diet and what's really going on. You So you start breaking these stuff down. And it's just like, you know what you need to do to get that, that stove from burning you. And when are you going to stop? Yeah, yeah. Right. So it I love you. what you said, that piece about um, you start looking at what makes you lazy. You start looking at your diet and you start looking at how you take care of yourself. You mentioned, you know, when you got here that you was just coming back from a workout. So again, another parallel, man, is, uh, you know, self-care practices are huge when I talk about trauma. Yeah. You know, that's telling people how to work through it and get themselves moving is everything. Yeah, because you told me one saying back in the day, I remember uh, it was on the phone, it was a phone call. I was, I was outside of the gym 
But one of the things you told me, you was like, yeah, you know, resistance is good, you know, exercise and whatever, because a person is not going to do resistance, you're probably not going to do anything else. I thought about it. I always used to keep that in the back of my head. though. So yeah. if I'm not working out, am I in that category? You know, you, you know, it puts you in there. So I don't want to talk about myself. So I try to prove myself wrong. Is that making sense? A little bit, yeah, yeah. Because then I'll make it so the audience can understand the point I was making. When a gym is artificial stress, right. so I was telling him how, as a trainer, when I was training people, I could tell how people dealt with conflict or issues in their life. If I would put them on, say, the bench press, and the weight was too heavy, well, some people wanted to negotiate before they ever got under the bench and and ever tried to lift the weight. They wanted to negotiate. Then there's people who didn't ask any questions, got under the bench and couldn't lift it. There's people who didn't ask any questions, got on the bench and just lift it. But it, my, the point was so many people handled the, the resistance uh, differently. Some people asked for help. Some people didn't ask for help. And I was telling him, man, you can learn a lot from watching how a person handles the resistance in the gym, you know, with their life. Okay. So, uh, and you've been, you've been pretty good at handling resistance, my guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, talking about trauma and, and the self-care pieces, even our traumas were, were pretty similar or around the same time frames. Uh, for most of me, most people know I went through, you know, the darkest point or period of my life but they they've heard my story before we're gonna we're gonna kind of jump in yours if you're good with it oh yeah i'm cool all right but um i'll set up what i got i get the call okay and and it's from dad uh no actually it's from kwana right kwana, uh, which is our sister shout out matter of fact hold up before we get into that hello to all our siblings because i know they're gonna hear it it's five of us man right. you know what i mean three boys two girls beautiful right. family but you know uh so we said mom we said pops we said other moms uh because we do have our stepmother as well so to our parents to the siblings we love y'all like got that one um right. but but quanta called and she was she was frantic man and she was she was saying uh something's wrong and she said i can hear you screaming she could hear you screaming Right. And then she also saw a bunch of police running up the steps, like right. the, the security uh, right. to the hospital. And, and at that point, I'm starting to get bits and pieces of what happened. But, you know, from there, man, you go ahead and into, into for you, what was the darkest time of your life? Um, darkest time of my life was uh, losing my 11-month-old um, son, Christian Dwayne Cook. Better known as Fat Daddy. Fat Daddy. Right. Let alone losing loved one, sibling, losing a son. Um, not just losing him. Um, actually um, accused of his murder, if you can say. So really a whole bunch of stuff happened at that time frame, back to back to back. So you had my son's died, you know, seizure-wise, some... It's in my arms. Um, we're accused. Um, the kids taken away. Um, everything's gone in one day. So that's probably about the lowest. Yeah. Right. 
Oh yeah, I I remember, man. Um, I I always wanted to know what to say to you, like on the phone, and I didn't. And all I could say when I got on the phone was, "Bro, just just give me some time to get there. Like, just let me get there. Like, I was just like, let me buy time. Let me get there, and I figure it out. You know what I'm saying? Like, I figure it out. And then let's go through the. What was you feeling like on those days, man? Whoa. Uh, man, (laughs) I was so distraught about my son that I didn't even care about what they was accusing me of. I wasn't even thinking about that. I'm still grieved. They like they can hit me. I ain't feeling. I'm still cringing. Yeah, uh, for my son. So the fear wasn't there of what they was accusing me of. I had. No recollection of it. I needed to be there. And the fact that it was difficult that, you know, when they, you know, I know it's protocol everywhere or whatever, but when they take the kids not knowing, um, she wasn't able to see that funeral, see that cash drop. So now you have a kid that now I have custody of, as uh, well as my mom, um, don't know, don't know what happened, just think they vanished. And that's what I didn't want. Oh, got it. Okay, that's right. Cause what Nooney wasn't able to again got it that's right she knew she seen her, her brother go out there with the fire truck i'm hollering uh save my child i'm frantic she remembered that then she remember she'd been at grandma house so um she actually knows but don't know because i see some um pictures that she paints and it's three people mm. so i noticed it's three people she knows what she's feeling. Um, I had to piece that together. Yeah. Um, because she never knows. She, I didn't have a family. You she she'll catch you one day and say, Yeah, yeah. She actually, yeah, yeah. She she actually, yeah. Yeah, she did. But um, you gotta wait till a mature time. Um, for she because if she don't receive that information exactly like it is. She's going to do those thoughts you did, carry those thoughts of guilt, all those fake emotions, if you don't understand fully. Yeah. Nunes is the age that she can um, mimic real good. Uh, you say, hey, how you doing? She knows, hey, how you doing? But do she know what it means? Man, she, she's in parroting mode right now. Put words together. Yeah. But see how many of those words she actually had the definition for. So when I noticed that, just by me being her dad, I noticed it. I noticed a lot of things. So, you know, that's pretty much it, you know. What what made you decide that you were going to have to live again? Because you have other kids as well. Like, so what 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 was the one thought or, or the one thing that kind of just got you out of the hole enough to breathe where you start looking at life again? It supposed to been the worst, actually. Um, that was the day that, um, it was the day after, actually. Uh, we went to the courts. Uh, I guess it's investigation time. I, I haven't, uh, I'm just getting the grips of my son in this situation. He haven't passed, but I know it because he's just not moving, responding. You know, he's just, he's there. So we had to go to family court and um, man, I'm distraught, man. I'm, you can see it. Like, you know how people can feel it? So when mm-hmm. I walked in the room, 
one of the lawyers did a eyes like this. She cried. And I was talking. They could see. They knew instantly, right? But then you got other people. So I'm going through it, and she's like, well, you know, um, you're going to get investigated. Now, this is serious. This is serious. Um, I still had no recognition. I'm, I'm grieving. I'm still. This is the day. I'm hurting. So we went to the court. Mom's with me. And uh, they say uh, or they feel like it was foul play or uh, still grieving at the same time. All right. Now, I remember getting investigated. He's like, man, you cry. We'll do you say. Thank you. And when it was my time, I looked dead in the camera. And we get to talking. And when we get to talking, I said something in the sense of, yeah, man, I'm going to go into minds like this. And the other detective said, because you got other kids. And right then, it kind of clicked to me. Mm. Oh, oh, man, CJ, not Christian, man. I, I'm still a struggle. I'm the struggle for them now. So, right? <laughs> I'm going to do something that I ain't think I'll do, and it's go. Well, grandma didn't want me to go. And that's 1,900 feet on the ground. And that's why I went. Yeah. Yeah. He just dived into work. Oh, it was easy. It was, uh, he died. We buried him. It was uh, January uh, 4th or 9th or something. I went to the mines in January 18th. Yeah, yeah. Never healing. Never healing. So, you used I, to work like um bro, you used to work like 70, 80, 90 hours a week, man. Yeah. It was insane. Like I remember, I remember you not like having a day off for like months, or you was just down there working, like no windows, no nothing. Right. Way beyond what we're supposed to be at. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's so interesting because again, how things happen so differently. There was two things I remember most. Well, there's a bunch of things before I get into uh, what what beauty came in a sense of that, that happening. But there was two things I remember. One was being so scared for you and not knowing what to do. I was like, to get him out this hole, I got to figure, I got to go with something he loves. And that was your love of music as an artist. And so I remember going like, all right, so I'm going to go to music school. You know, I'm going to learn this. And then we would get on Zoom. Yeah, it took you about five years because I haven't did music in five years. When he died, I stopped music. Yeah. Five, six years. Yeah, yeah. But I remember when I started showing you my equipment, how you would light up a little bit. You weren't really, you weren't really messing with it at first, but you just, you know what I'm saying? And then slowly but surely, it kind of, it dropped back in and you you started really kind of starting to move again you know um tell me man about like so i have things i call benefits in a sense like um for us i know we talked about how we grew up as kids but when when fat man passed that was the first time we had one saw uh our mother and our fathers uh, in the same room ever you know, in the same room, that was our first time. Uh, it was the first time um, our mothers hugged each other. Both sides, of the both sides of the family. Like they, they've been our mothers for since we've been kids. So one since we've been born, and the other one since we've been babies. Damn near, you know. 
So that's um, why I call Fat Daddy my angel. He saved my life. Yeah. And, and that was the point I was coming to you. Like yeah. when you woke up and knew something needed to be different, you did change, man, a lot. And and I want you to talk about that for a minute, because I had my days of wanting to jump in and kind of try to save you in a sense and tell you this and tell you that. But what I was learning, uh, which was the same with mine, was it's their journey. Right. You know, I'm here for support, but it's still your journey. I can't live it for you is what I mean. So um, tell me what it was like. Like, tell me when you started getting back into working out, when when things started clicking for you again, how did you feel? You actually got to work out there. Everything in the coal mine is hard and heavy. So you're going to work yourself out. Uh, Just working, (laughs) you're going to grow calf muscles where you didn't grow calf muscles. So (laughs) all that. I wanted to do more, man. I wanted, man, from where we have been through, I just wanted another life. Um, I want my mom proud of me, to be honest. You know, if you could put it like that, I want proud of me. I wanted you proud of me. Everything, I'm different than how I was living. Um, oh, yeah. It just clicked, bro. Like, especially when I went down to the mines and they gave it to me. See, the thing is, it's not, the fact that you get it, because you know, you go through everywhere sometimes, most of that's the temp. It's not guaranteed that you get it, but when you're not supposed to get it, and you get it, what happens? How do you think? Now, I've only been with the mind six months. It's people years waiting for the opportunity to get hired on with the company. I feel that that was that was the sign. That was that was my sign that I got that. And uh, taking a half follicle and I said, oh, this is a different type of job. I got to walk two miles with all this stuff on on a treadmill. So I, okay, all right. This is going to be different. This is going to be different. It's the same. I was numb to it, though. Yeah. What, what, can, what, what worse can happen to me? Yeah, you'd have been through the worst, yeah. In, in my reality, yeah. Hmm. And right then now. at this point, you're also making the most money you've ever made in your life, in a sense, right? In my life. It was, it was, I wouldn't even know where I was still in denial. <laughs> yeah. I was still in denial. By me, I ain't never think I can buy a Jaguar or anything of that nature or have any car that I've seen all these times. Like, okay, it, it went from uh, Camaro to 19, uh, Challenger to any car that I wanted back in the days when I wasn't mentally right for it. Yeah. I got I got them. Yeah, yeah. Why all the ones that I wanted and the color? So mm-hmm. if you if you're not up to get out your mind and think about that, I, I don't know, you know, I don't know anybody that don't notice something ain't right or something we don't know. Yeah. Okay. I think the last um the last story that that really uh was was something for me, man. Was uh, we, we we were riding. We had just got some gas or something. And I was picking with you, uh, poking at you in the sense about carrying all these guns and you know, I'm like oh this and that. Come on, man. Come on, blah blah blah. blah you know, right. and you looked at me, and bro. You were like, you the train killer. Like yeah. what you talking about? And right. I remember, I remember how that felt like. Like your sword I threw in the creek had came back and just <laughs> Yeah, you got that right. Yeah, right. I know it. You're right. 
I got your blood in me, uh, Rob. So, and a lot of people say, if you look at us, hey, you'll see we don't um, we don't have this plan or nothing. But our bids be the same for some mm -hmm. kind of reason. So we're the same. Same thing. We got the same humor, same sarcasm at the same time. So, yeah, All you right. was back coming back like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it, it was coming back to me, but I, I'm glad you said it because it, it really taught me how to listen to you, man. Right. Uh, I, I'm so, so blessed um, that I did have my own awakening to see where I could do better and, right. and where I could bring some more impact to a relationship that was important to me, you and all our siblings uh, and our parents for that matter. Uh, so, man, for me to you, Bro, like I appreciate you being here and sharing your story. I, I really, really do. Um, I want the wit and <laughs> and the house that I'm in is keeping me like this. Because look, everybody wears a mask, okay? All right, all right. But I'm not so ugly under this mask. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. And it's slowly fading away. Slowly I think fading. You're beautiful under that mask, man. I think you're beautiful. Oh yeah, oh yeah, we well, yeah. and and to be here, and this is the first time I ever talk about it. Why not with my brother, uh, um, and my mom being over here, my sons in the background. All yeah. the energy is all the support I need yeah. right now to keep it together. It was just I needed John when I'm out alone. That's when the problem was. That's when it hit me. That's when my brain played tricks on. That's when the image just comes up. And right now, it's just standing around positive people and trying to be positive myself and going into the goals that I'm trying to go. And anybody that's not with those goals, it's okay. I'm going this way. Yeah. And not being afraid of what people think. I'm going that way right there. And you know, you ever notice something? You remember, you, I'm, I'm going to tell you something that's a secret to all of you. <laughs> They tell you about all his lies and all this. And, and true enough, yes, I've been through everything he says I have, but I have no record, no felony, and never been in prison. Yeah. He's all better right. than me on that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, he right. hey, that's, some, that's some shit, though, now that I think about it. Wait a minute. I'm going to tell you that one. Yeah, when you look at it. <laughs> you want to have the jail time and the. No, 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 I wasn't pointing at the jail time because I, I actually don't even think it's yours. It's the jail time, but you know, um, but what I, what I do say is, a lot of people have this image of me, but when you look at the fact, I'm a licensed carrier. Yeah, I'm only following the law. All right, and my Second Amendment right uh, to protect me and my family, and that's it. And I've always been a licensed carrier, but since. We're not in the military or whatever, or then wasn't the police or whatever. It's considered being in the streets. I've been trying to get out the streets ever since I was in there. <laughs> you know, you get tired of things. I wanted things. I, I used to travel with you. Um, I've been hated, Mike, uh, stuff like that. I seen that's the life I want. That's, but it's up to me to go and get it. So I was in that travel. And then now I said, oh, that's why Rob was talking proper. <laughs> that's why Rob was talking proper. People think I'm still a country, man. Because <laughs> uh, it's... It just came automatically. Mm. My way of thinking. So I think I was ready um, to get on a level to talk with you about this thing. Okay. I like what you got going on, Rob. And, uh, you know, I like to be a part of it. I, I like that. Move. 
the, the world's gonna love you, man. And I'm gonna be every bit of standing there cheering you on, like like always. So this is how I end all the shows, man. I um I thank all the guests for coming. Um and I'll they I mean they already have heard stories of you through all the podcasts because I talk about you, you know, as my brother. So I'll put links to our last mixtape, you know, that that they can get your music and stuff if they want. But I want you to really share your heart, your your wisdom, whatever you want, lasting words with everybody, like what you want to remember about, about you, know about you, whatever, whatever it is you want to share. And then after that, the show will be over. Be, you'll be the last voice they hear. But, man, again, from, from me to you, I love you, bro, with all my heart, man. Oh, yeah. You know I do. You know it. You know. Rob Cook and Chris Cook. And what I would tell y'all is, it's not the last of Chris, and y'all will see me again on another note, all right? I guarantee it, on another note. I might be talking in your uh, local neighborhood. I might be doing something else, but I know we're going to be big. I'm a multi-talented being, man. I like helping people. I, like, I, I, feel, I feel joy um, when I can help someone mentally. Talking to my barber, King. Shouts out to King. He let me know that it don't matter how, how how old you are, you can listen. The king's fit some years old. And he listened to me. And it works. All right. And you do the same thing. And I always wanted to do that. Everybody said, you still want to ride? No, I want to do that. What? Rob Cook. Rob Cook brain awareness, positive. Uh, health, knowledge. And that's the only thing that I'm trying to attain in my other half of my life. Thank you for listening to today's episode. For more information about the podcast, please go to 3pgc.org. If you're looking for more information about how to become a practitioner or you want to be featured on the show as a new, fresh voice in the principles, send us an email at info at 3pgc.org. We'd love to hear from you. Knowing there is no end or limitation, nor are there boundaries to the human mind, have the day you deserve.